My title is, Who is Our God? And this journey really began last week, you know, when I was on the platform. I could hear God, and I wanted to begin to sing, actually, but I didn't. I held back. And I felt that, or the Lord reminded me that the, these evenings are about praise, and, and we're good at doing praise. We are. We're good at praising God. But it is also about proclamation, and it is about the prophetic, and we ought to be seeing more of that again at our City Nights service. But our journey so far, and perhaps this evening is a nice close-off to the week in our secure and steady prayer diary. It talked this week about spiritual disciplines, establishing healthy practices. We practice. Every morning I get up and I have a calendar and I read it before I go out the door. How do I keep that alive? How do I keep the presence of God in that practice, in that discipline? And let it not just be a job I'm doing, a task I'm doing, a routine I'm doing, a ritual that I'm doing. The power of praise is evident. And perhaps this evening praise has taken us to a place where we can proclaim some things. What does proclaim mean? In the dictionary, I saw three definitions. To announce or to outwardly show something. So there's an announcement somebody's proclaiming. Or to declare. So it can cross over into declaration. Something official or formal. But the third meaning that I saw in the dictionary was relevant to us. That word proclaim means to praise and to glorify openly or publicly, or to extol. Extol means to praise highly and glorify. So proclamation is about glorifying openly, publicly, who Jesus is, who God is, what they've done, what they do, what they're doing. God revealed himself in the Old Testament by his names. He declared to them who he is. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Yireh, the Lord your provider. He told them who he was in different scenarios. Do we hear who he is today in our own lives? My text is first taken from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 2, and verse 2. 1 Samuel, chapter 2, and verse 2. Hannah declares, there is none holy like the Lord. There is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. What did Hannah declare about God? Hannah declared that God is holy. The Hebrew name is Elohim Kedoshim. 
God is holy. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 25. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 25. Another word there is kadosh. Many of you would have heard it in worship songs. The holy one. And so Hannah is declaring that God is holy in that scripture. And, and, and Isaiah 40, 25 says, To whom then will you liken me that I should be equal to him, says the Holy One. The Lord was telling the Israelites off in Isaiah chapter 40, You liken me to graven images to idols? I am the Holy One. So Hannah had said there's none holy like the Lord. None besides you, no rock like our God. She was declaring that there is no one else like him. He is the only true God. She declared that he is a rock. And the Hebrew word is uh, El Sali, or Salai. Second Samuel, verse, chapter 22, verse 47. Second Samuel, chapter 22, verse 47. The lie, the Lord lives, blessed be my rock, and exalted be God, the rock of my salvation. This was David's song of deliverance. He had been delivered out of the hand of Saul, and he was singing to the Lord. He was proclaiming, the Lord lives, blessed be my rock. Hannah had said, there is no rock like our God. And be exalted, and exalted be God, the rock of my salvation. Psalm 18 verse 2 declares the Lord Jehovah my rock. So she's excited, Hannah, because she knows there's none holy like the Lord. What else does she proclaim about him? In verse 3 of Isaiah, no, of First Samuel 2, chapter 2, verse 3. She declares that he is the God of knowledge. It says, talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance go forth from your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. So he's a God of knowledge and he judges. So Hannah has said that he's holy, that there's no one like him that he's a rock. She has said that he's the God of knowledge and that actions are weighed that he judges. In verse 9 of that same book, it says that he guards the feet of his godly ones. So he's the protector, a guard. In one or just a few verses, Hannah declares who God is to her, holy, none like you, rock, knowledgeable, judge, God, protector. Even in verse 10, she says he gives strength to the king. He's strong. He gives strength. He's the strengthener. Why did Hannah declare these things? After years, her prayer is answered. Nothing could be done for her by man. She wanted a child. The wife of El um, Kana, 
the other wife, we don't do that in this day and age, the other wife had lots of children and she had none. And for year after year, Hannah prayed. She knew only her God could answer and do what she asked. And she kept praying. So when God gave her Samuel and then other children, but when he gave her Samuel, this long-awaited child, she didn't only give Samuel back to him to serve him, but this song was more than a rejoicing of the fact that he answered her cry. Hannah was proclaiming who God is to her. Hannah was proclaiming his character, his ability, his power. Hannah was making her boast in her God who had delivered, who had answered, who had come through for her. We've been encouraged this past week, as I mentioned in our prayer diary, to pray in the name of Jesus. We have been encouraged to ask in his name. If you look in the prayer diary, you'll see the scripture references. So there's something in a name. And more importantly, in the names of God, the names of Jesus. We always say as Christians, there's power in that name. Do we believe it? Do we act upon it? What do we do with the name of Jesus Christ? What do we allow him to do in our lives for us? How much do we trust in him? We sing, you alone are my strength, you alone are my shield. And then we go home and something happens and we've forgotten he's our strength. We've forgotten we're covered by him and that he is our shield. When I was um, driving into London this morning, a driver decided to drive on the wrong side of the road. He was coming towards me at speed. He obviously didn't realize that he wasn't on the right side of the road. And I <gasps> gasped, but I didn't panic because I knew he was going to not hit me. And he didn't because he saw in time, but I was already confident he wasn't going to hit me. I didn't have to cuss him. You know, some people behind the steering wheel are going to say one and two things, but I didn't do that. Because there was a confidence in me that I wasn't having an accident this morning. I was going to make it where I was going because God is with me. How confident are we in those times? I don't know what it is, but sometimes we know. We just know. God is going to come through. And then other times, a different situation, we lose our footing. We don't know why we're not sure, why we don't trust in that area. If it comes, for instance, um, in my life to finances and money, um, I just believe God and it's easy. Money does seem to come into my hands just at the right time when I need it. But many, many, many years ago, I walked in fear of debt. I walked in fear of God not being able to provide. He always comes through. But what about my health? Do I find it as easy 
to trust in the name of Jesus Christ concerning the healing of my physical body. I'm learning to. Because we all have to get there where we're not strong. We need to be strong. We need to trust. We need to understand that God is at work in every area of our lives. In the New Testament, Jesus was revealed to Peter as the Son of God. Luke 9, verses 18 to 20. Luke 9, verses 18 to 20. Now it occurred that as Jesus was praying privately, the disciples were with him and he asked them, who do men say that I am? And they answered John the Baptist, but some say Elijah and others that one of the ancient prophets has come back to life. And he said to them, but who do you yourselves say that I am? And Peter replied, the Christ, the Son of God. What was Jesus trying to do? Jesus knew that it was necessary that his disciples knew who he is, that they must come to an understanding of who he is. Who do you say I am? Who do we say he is? The distant God? I pray and pray and pray never comes through. The God who cares and loves. The God who rescued me. The God who turns his back on me. What do we say about him? Jesus knew it was important that they understood who he is. That he would reveal himself. And it's revealed in his name, in his character. This is why we must read, we must study, we must digest the word of God. How many times do you hear that in church, in your discipleship groups, on the Christian radio stations, on YouTube? Read the word, study the word, read your Bible until it becomes a thing that you hear and don't do. Because you're just used to hearing it. If we don't, how will we know our God? How will we know who he is when we need him? How will we know who he is when we go on the streets to open our mouths and tell another person that he's Lord? How do we know that inside us if the word of God is not inside of us? It's our record of who he is, what he has done, what he's doing, and that we can trust him to continually do. But notice how after a great deed, like Hannah, like King David, they didn't just rejoice. They had to proclaim with their mouths who he is by what he had done. Think about the woman at the well. After he revealed that uh, the, the man she was with wasn't even her husband and she'd had five before. Nobody cared about her. her. Her esteem for herself was low. She didn't have value. She wasn't accepted in society. Yet this Jesus comes to tell her he's going to give her living water. He cares about her. He loves her. 
What was her reaction? She didn't just go home and proclaim to the man that she was living with, I met somebody. She told everyone what he had done. Becoming a great evangelist. It was the revelation of who Jesus was that she was proclaiming. This is the man who knew everything about me and set me free. Who didn't judge me, but forgave me. And set me free. When we lift up who Jesus is, who God is, we're proclaiming to the works of darkness that surround our lives, to the works of darkness in our families, to the works of darkness in our communities, in our nation, or our nations. When we lift up who he is, we're proclaiming to the works of darkness his power, his authority, his goodness, by proclamation, by boasting, the enemy flees. He has no power. He can't operate. Where the people of God proclaim him, establish him, darkness cannot operate. We need to begin to make our boast in who God is, but we have to know who he is. People become saved when we proclaim, ask Rodella out on the streets. When we proclaim the Lord, they want to come to him, isn't it? If we keep silent, how will they know? And how will they know unless we tell them? And how can we tell them unless we know who he is by his word? No compromise. Not who we think he is. But by his word, what his word says, he is. Others wake up. We affect lives when we proclaim his power, his glory, his goodness, his love, his names. I'm going to go through with us some proclamations of some of the names of God right now. Some will be familiar. Some will be not so familiar. Perhaps. God will reveal himself in different ways to each of us right now. Because I don't know what you need, but God does. I don't know what he's called each of you to, but God does. And I want us to hear his voice, his revelation this evening of who he is to each of us individually. To you there at home. I'll just go through a few. In the song that was sung um, at the end before I came on to pray, Elohim was already mentioned. The strong creator God. He's the God who created everything and everyone. Many don't believe that this world came into being because God is the creator. But Genesis 1 and verse 1 says, in the beginning, I always read from the Amplified, in the beginning, God prepared, God formed, God fashioned and created the heavens and the earth. It started with him 
Elohim creator, God. I, I go over also to Psalm 19, verses 1 to 4, one of my favorite psalms. The heavens declare, heavens proclaim who he is. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows and proclaims his handiwork. Day after day pours forth speech, and night after night shows forth knowledge. There's no speech nor spoken word from the stars. Their voice is not heard, yet their voice in evidence, you see the stars at night, goes out through all the earth, their sayings to the end of the world. He is the creator. I remember going on a trip to Switzerland. I used to have family that lived there years and years ago now, gosh. And um, we went on uh, like a ride and there was a river that kind of crosses Switzerland and Germany. And um, we were riding on this boat and there was this incredible waterfall. It was beautiful. And my sister at the time wasn't born again Christian. But under her breath, as she saw the water pouring down, I heard her say, there must be a God. Creation spoke to her. There must be a God because it was so beautiful. Creation speaks about the creator God. Some of you rejoice in here tonight. That he created you. He has purpose for you in your life. He is the creator and he created you. He wanted you to come into the earth. Accept it. Adonai was mentioned in the song. Master over all. Deuteronomy chapter 3 verse 24 says, O oh Lord God, you have only begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth that can do according to your works and according to your might? So as the master over all, God sends his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross. And then we can have intimate relationship with the master over all. We have access to him. He wants fellowship with mere man. The master over all, Adonai. Is he master over all? I think Apostle Andrew was alluding to control and what control we have or don't have in the offering talk. Is he master over all? Who is he speaking to here tonight? Can you truly proclaim he is master over all of my life? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yet the master over all wants us to know him intimately, to draw close to him. What a privilege. Let me try another one. God of mercy. I won't even try the Hebrew for that. Psalm 59, verse 10. Psalm 59, verse 10. My God, in his mercy and steadfast love, will meet me. 
God will let me look triumphantly on my enemies, those who lie in wait for me. In fact, isn't everything said about God in the Bible a revelation and a proclamation of who he is? If we really read and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us as we read the word, he'll reveal who God is every step of the way. There are so many other descriptions in different books in the Bible and different chapters. Uh, The most high God, the faithful God. Because somebody testifying here today that he has been faithful to you in your situation. The God of glory. All that God has, all that God is, he still wants us to partake of. The God of glory. The living God. We don't serve a dead idol that we give food to and he can't eat the food. We serve the living God who is our bread and doesn't need any food. This one really excites me. I started on the word refuge. Psalm 62 verse 8, Psalm 91. We've heard that so much over the lockdown. He's our refuge, he's our shield. But look how Psalm 18, only one verse, verse 2 deals with this. Begins to flow. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my keen and firm strength, in whom I will trust and take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower. It's just a declaration, a proclamation of who he is. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my keen and firm strength, in whom I will trust and take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower. You are. Who can testify to that tonight? Even in the midst of what we may be experiencing in our lives, Who can testify to God as refuge, God as shield, God as high tower, God as strength, deliverer? God avenges. He's the God who avenges. He's the everlasting God. He's the God who is our help. If you read the Psalms, there's so many descriptions of who he is. The God who sees me, Genesis 16, 13, when nobody else sees you. He sees you. He sees you. Sometimes you don't feel listened to, Pastor Scott. But God sees you. He sees you. He hears you. He knows you. And that is all that matters. He knows who you are, what you're doing, and why you're doing it. And keep doing it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. 
Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. God sees you. How many times do we cry, do we moan? Oh, I got ignored. How many times do we cry, do we moan? Oh, my mom didn't love me. How many times do we cry, do we moan? But God, master of all, sees you. Can you declare that today? He sees you when no one else does. He is almighty God. We'd said that El Shaddai. Psalm 43 describes him as my exceeding joy. For some of us, he is our joy. Our defense. The Lord mighty in battle, the God of truth. In this world today, we need truth. Who can declare that God is the God of truth? Prince of Peace, specifically there about Jesus Christ, his son. Wonderful counselor, Jesus is called. The Lord sanctifies us, Makadeshkem. The Lord is our light, our healer, our shepherd. Shama, we sang. He's there, he's here, he's present. Deuteronomy 4 calls him a consuming fire. What don't I want in my life? Burn it away, Lord. Be that consuming fire that changes me, that cleanses me, that sets me free. He's a father to the fatherless. A father. To the fatherless, so many will not serve him because they didn't have a father and they don't understand the fatherhood of God or they had a bad relationship with their father and so they won't accept the fatherhood of God. That affects a lot of people in here. That affects a lot of people in here tonight. Know this, he is the father to the fatherless. To the ones who feel they never had it right with a father. He is your father. He is present in your life. He is rooting for you. He is looking for your success and your victory. He will never let you down, even if it seems like it, because you wanted one thing one way and it goes another way. See God in everything good or bad. See God. See the purpose he has for your life and begin to proclaim where you need. You are my father. I was fatherless in the earth, but you are my father. And begin to make your boast to people that you have a father that can never, ever let you down. That keeps you safe and secure. That believes in you. That rescues you. That provides for you. That loves you. As I close, I'll ask the worship team to come up, please. I read from... um, Habakkuk, I think. 
let me just first of all read from Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. Who knows where Zephaniah is in the Bible? <laughs> Sam knows. <laughs> Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord your God is with you. That woman at the well, she ran. Come see a man who is now with me. Mm, for me. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. The mighty warrior is with us. He will take great delight in you, in his love. He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. So he's the mighty warrior who saves. Now let me go to Habakkuk um, chapter 3, verse 18. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 18. It says, it says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the victorious God of my salvation. And the Lord God of my salvation is also declared in Psalm 88, verse 1. So Jesus asked the disciples a question, who do men say that I am? And I'm asking us a question in here and online. Can every one of us in here and online proclaim that he is the God of my salvation? If you cannot, that means you don't know him. Tonight is your opportunity to come into relationship with him, to know him, or to return to him if you have left him. Tonight is your opportunity to proclaim the God of my salvation there at home and here in this room. If you have never prayed this prayer of salvation or you want to return into relationship with Jesus Christ, then repeat this after me. Lord Jesus Christ, I acknowledge that I have sinned. I've fallen short of the life you had planned for me. But I repent and I desire to turn away from a life of sin. I have learned that sin brings me disappointment. And there is nothing I can proclaim that is good about a sinful life. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive me of all of my sins. God the Father, sent you to the cross as his son. You died for me and you paid the price for my sins and you redeemed me. You bought me back. Now I accept your redemption. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I proclaim, be the Lord 
Lord of my life, Jesus Christ. And I will serve you until I enter into eternity. In your precious name, amen and amen.